Hi, I'm Andy. Hi, I'm Nuke. And we're the co-hosts for the Kings of Hearts podcast. Hey there, Andy here from the Kings of Hearts. Welcome to our podcast. I'm here to introduce to you our guest for this episode. Uh, Today we have Emma from the Curious One podcast. And I really love this conversation because we get into one of my favorite topics, which is curiosity. And we start off by asking Emma why she chose that name for her podcast. And it led into a deeper conversation about curiosity, the power of it, the magic of it, and what it means to live life a little bit more curiously. I loved this conversation as well because it expanded into another couple of my favorite topics, which was masculine energy versus feminine energy. And also what it means to stand up for the feminine parts in a man, which I think is a very important conversational piece to have, even outside of this podcast. So I'm really happy that we got into it. We got into also what Emma needed to unlearn about masculinity and her basically her story about what that is growing up and amazing topics around vulnerability and safety as well. So again, for all you listening, thank you so much for taking the time to dive deep with the Kings of Hearts. Hope you enjoy the episode. We're live. Emma, what's up? Welcome to the Kings of Hearts podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's truly an honor to be on here and talk with you guys. Well, you know, we're kind of like, we said this to a guest we had earlier because he had us on his podcast, Jared, but the tables have turned. Yeah. And we're having you on the other end, asking you questions and having dialogue with you on, I would say, similar topics slash maybe a little bit more about you, you know? Mm -hmm. It's interesting um, because this is still new to me being on the other side of the microphone. I get really nervous, but I'm excited. It's a, I know it'll be a great experience. So yeah. Yeah. You know, if it, you know, if it makes you feel better, I always have butterflies regardless of uh, a podcast or like leading a group or coaching one-on-one, like wherever I am on my journey, I always have butterflies and I am taking that as like always a good thing, you know? I think so too. They're good butterflies. It means you care. and like, you're excited. Yeah. You say it a lot. I got butterflies. You're really good at acknowledging it. Oh yeah. Always got butterflies. And then what do you normally say with butterflies? It's getting the butterflies to fly in formation. You you can have the butterflies, just get them to fly in formation. Then you're good after that. (laughs) What does the formation look like? Like a heart. Like a heart. Oh man. (laughs) Butterflies are my affirmation. So I'm here for it. (laughs) We did not rehearse this by the way. Yeah. Okay, so when we start off conversation, we always take a deep breath as a group. Okay. So why don't we all close our eyes, kind of get, uh, not kind of, we're going to get grounded for a second. Feet planted on the ground. If you're sitting up, if you're just cross-legged, it seems like you are cross-legged. Emma, just make sure your spine is strong and you're connected to the earth. And we're just going to do one big inhale uh, up our nose and then exhale through our mouth. And soak in the silence for a moment. And then boom. It always works. Yeah. It always works. (laughs) Okay, so Emma, what is feeling, what's present for you right now? 
today? Yeah. Today. Today has been a lot of, I'm trying to create more space internally, if that makes sense. I feel like the past couple weeks I've been a bit on autopilot. So starting yesterday and today I've been doing more breath work and just trying to create space in my mind rather than like thought, 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 rather than just to have some time to just be, if that made any sense. (laughs) Love it. It's good. I love that. What about you? Mm. I'm going to go with what I said earlier and just, just getting ready holistically for what's transpiring on Thursday uh, just getting some work done. So yeah, just making sure I'm mentally, spiritually, emotionally, just holistically healthy. Mm. So, yeah. That's yeah. a good word. Yeah. For me it would be, I don't know why this word's jumping out at me, but it's like depth. Mm. And this is my third deep conversation today. Wow. And it's like a really good reminder of the importance of always going like two, three layers deeper with people. And I feel like I've always done that all my life, but I think in this stage of my life, it's just so much more, it just sticks. It just sticks a bit better. The deep conversations that I have, I'm able to reflect on it, create space for yeah. the learnings that come out of that, those conversations. So deeply grateful for, for even this conversation right now. Well, you know, it's interesting with that. When you go layers deeper, you get more curious. And isn't it ironic that we have the curious one <laughs> on our podcast? We didn't plan that, I swear. It's a rap porn. <laughs> Taking that label now, like, I identify as, like, the curious one. Like, forget Emma. I'm the curious one now. Yo, it's your alter ego. Yo, so why did you choose that? Why did you choose that? Um that title for your podcast. Um, so yeah, my podcast is called the curious one. Uh, truly as maybe cliche as it sounds, I'm an innately curious person. Um, I always found myself like questioning different things. I have a million tabs open on Google cause I'm always Googling like the randomest stuff, the littlest things to the biggest things. And, um, I also was really curious with people, hence the podcast. And so I was kind of dabbling around with, curiosity in the name of the title of the podcast and the ones I liked they were already taken or they didn't work and then this sounds really weird I've never really told anyone this but growing up I have an older brother and all of his friends who were like my second brothers would call me little one like the little one Mm -hmm. and so my partner was just like throwing around ideas and he just said the curious one and it reminded me of my childhood in a way being the little one and I was like that's it and (laughs) I love that. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much um, to unpack with the word curious, Mm -hmm. curiosity. And, you know, one thing that I think about with the word curiosity now is just, it's a way of living. It's a way of showing up every day, every moment if possible. So it's a powerful title for your podcast. Thank you. And it's a bit broad too, because, and I like that because I'm curious about an array of things and I don't want to, conform to one thing if that makes sense because i'm not one thing so it it opens up curiosity beautiful 
That's wicked. It's one of our King's, um, so we have this thing called a King's Code. Mm-hmm. It's like 12 codes that help anchor a man uh, to live his life centered with these guidelines, with these, uh, yeah, with these anchors. And one of, I think it's code number three, it's to stay curious. <laughs> I love that you know them all. <laughs> yeah, I have them tattooed on yeah. my back. Oh, okay. I'm, not, I know them, Luke. I'm a bit. Emma, we're going to start testing Nuke on this podcast. I think so. What, wow. is, think what so. is code number six? Couldn't tell you. I was kidding. Oh. Oh. To thy own self be true. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, it's like super important to, to always stay curious. It's like attached to always being a student, right? Yeah, 100%. And like growth mindset versus fixed mindset. And to me, curiosity is is tied with growth. And when you're not growing, to me, like you're, you're dying. So um, it's something that you can perpetuate throughout your entire life, continue on with throughout your life. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So what are you feeling? Uh, what are you feeling curious about right now? As of lately. Yeah, as of lately. Um, <laughs> You're the curious one. Like we gotta, we gotta ask you that question. What are mm-hmm. you curious about right now? Interesting. I've been curious about. Well, I'm gonna talk about the podcast first. Maybe that'll lead me into something a bit more deeper. Um, I just finished up a series on autism, which was super interesting. Um, I have people in my family that are on the spectrum, and. I apologized to my cousin going into the conversation that it took seven years to have that conversation with her. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, a really informative series for me, just how to be a better community member for individuals for disabilities. And just, for example, if I see someone acting a bit different in public or someone doing something a bit quote unquote annoying, just kind of, again, pausing and creating space and just saying, you know what, I don't actually know what this person's going through. Like, I'm just gonna let them be, if that makes sense. And just kind of trying to withhold judgment because you don't know what's really going on. Mm. Um, But in my life curiosity, hmm, I've been getting quite curious about routines and um, habits lately because I'm very, I have a very strict morning routine and I'm a very habitual person, but I'm kind of getting curious on if these habits and these routines are still serving me. And if maybe there's a different way of going about doing things. That's always a beautiful check-in. Yeah. I love that. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Mm. What about you guys? Whoosh. What am I curious about? Oh my goodness. Sometimes there's too much. Like you ask me that and I'm like, well, what of my 1 million tabs do I talk about that are open on Google? <laughs> hey, so I have, a, I have a great answer to this question because I'm hella curious about it. And I know I'm curious about it because I, I always kind of daydream about it. Ooh. I always like, I take inventory of things I get lost in, in a playful way. And the one thing that I've been getting lost in lately is sound therapy. So like healing through music. Yeah. Sounds through like the frequency uh, of sound through, mm-hmm. through instruments specifically. And, you know, I follow this guy on Instagram. His name is Tim Morrison. And he does these uh, beautiful cacao uh, sound therapy uh, ceremonies for people online and in person. And he uses an array of instruments like the Native American flute, 
the uh, like uh, meditation singing bowls. Uh, he uses, yeah, he uses these like this awesome double flute. I, I can't even like explain to you how soothing it is to just throw some headphones on and like really connect deeply with that sound. And so yeah. I bought myself a native American flute about a month ago. I'm learning, I'm practicing it uh, every, every few days. So that's like my big curiosity right now. Mm. Yeah. Your turn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would say as of late for me, it's been, um, dismantling my childhood around um like my skin color and my name so it's been a lot of like mm. sitting with my <laughs> five-year-old six-year-old self and asking him questions just letting him speak and it's been super interesting because a lot has come up and and um I was actually telling a friend and she was just saying like yeah like it's always been there. It's just where you're at mentally, physically, spiritually, the universe knows that you're able to now process and deal with it, mm. you know? Mm. So it's super interesting. And so getting curious there and just, and just reimagining what that could look like. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I feel like that would be a really beautiful topic on the curious one podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you ideas right now, by the way. I want to write it, them down. Where's the pen and paper? Yeah. Yeah, where's the pen and paper? I'm joking. <laughs> 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 I'm my dad. <laughs> okay, you know, so I'm like, as we're talking about curiosity here, and thanks for sharing that, man. Yeah, of course. Um, that was beautiful. Um, you know, you asked, you invited us onto your podcast last month, and you wanted to talk about masculinity. Yeah. And modern day masculinity. So what was the curiosity behind that for you to reach out to us? And I know you attended one of our online events, but uh, give us a little bit more, more background on, on your curiosity to invite, inviting us on your show. Totally. Um, so I'd say within the past year, I've been getting a lot more serious or more curious about um, identifying as a female, as a woman, and understanding what my personal definition of feminism is. Because you see it everywhere in social media. And sorry, it's something that I think I'm at that point in my journey that it's, I'm ready to explore. So the further I went with my journey with feminism, I, I'm a Libra. I know this sounds weird, but (laughs) I'm extreme. So I go from one extreme to another and I'm all about the scales to find balance. So I would learn all about feminism. And then I was like, well, the opposite of feminism is masculinity. And I don't know exactly what sent me down the rabbit hole on learning about masculinity, but um, yeah, I just started kind of exploring it. And then I actually found you guys, one of the members from Kings of Hearts, um, through one of my friends that I interviewed on my podcast. She told me about her friend who's part of Kings of Hearts. And I found your page. And then somehow I found the book, um, The Will to Change by Bell Hooks. And it just kind of blossom from there. Yeah. And it, it provided vocabulary for me for feelings and emotions and thoughts that I didn't have vocabulary for prior. And so 
Um, yeah, I went down a bit of the rabbit hole of masculinity and how I define masculinity and how I define feminism. And at the end of the day, I feel as though personally that they are the same thing and we're reaching for the same thing. And so I really wanted to highlight that on my podcast because what I was finding with conversations with other women specifically, when we would talk about masculinity and males in the topic of feminism, it was always like, well, men have had the the driver's seat for so long and like suppress, suppress, suppress on the males. And I totally understand, like we still need to get everyone um, at the table, but I also think that it is important to include men in the conversation because it's all interconnected and men can help us as we can help men. And so I really resonated with what the Kings of Hearts stand for, what both of you stand for individually. And I wanted to just have a conversation with you guys because I think through that conversation, not spe- not specifically the questions, but just the full conversation, people could see masculinity in a different light and see it for what I believe it truly is. Wow. Money. Um, something that you said, and I know your intention behind it was love. However, I just want to give a gut check. Yes, please. And you said the opposite of feminine of, of femininity is masculinity. And I would the healthy challenge would be I don't think the opposite is masculinity. I think the opposite is like a femininity of true femininity is like disconnect and like you said, suppression and mm. um, you know what I'm saying? Like and that yeah, yeah. masculinity. Because masculinity in its purest form would embrace everything. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I totally, I get what you're saying. I'm you know really what I'm saying? Upset. Yeah, because you're taking it more into like the, like if we're looking at it more from like an energetic perspective, like divine, mm-hmm. feminine, divine masculine. Mm-hmm. Yes, I completely agree. That's something that, to be honest, post our conversation, a lot of people didn't get what um we meant when we would talk about how there's masculine and feminine traits within all of us Mm -hmm. or and the energy within us because i think a lot of people think like masculinity is the unconscious masculinity that you guys speak about and feminism is like this other extreme that isn't correct yeah yeah i think there's like a social um arena to talk about those terms which Mm -hmm. then it's filtered in into those meanings and then there's like a more of like a spiritual arena where then you start talking about the energy that exists in all of us, but Mm -hmm. good points both of you. Well, yeah, what's super interesting and I'll speak for myself and my own journey is like a lot of the rhetoric that gets used in academia around feminine theory doesn't get distilled for the common man who's not a researcher. Do you see what I'm saying? And herein lies the challenges sometimes because you have let's just say what gets highlighted and what we see is this femininity on the far left, which is like brash and F men and we don't need them and useless and da, 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 da. And we're not seeing, we're not seeing enough of the femininity that is conscious and healed and is loving and wants connection and wants men a part of the conversation. We're not shown a lot of that. So then you have, let's say, a man who is on the fence or neutral or doesn't or isn't even aware. All he sees is the left wing feminine blowing up. And it's like, man, I want nothing to do with that. Or they're all crazy. Or I don't know what they're talking about. 
right? Or they're uncomfortable, exactly. And in that moment, if they're not willing to be curious or do their own work, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to be like, wow, feminism is whack, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I will say, I will take ownership and be like, before going on this journey, before King of Hearts and really even doing my own work, I thought feminine theory was like, forget all men. We don't need them on the planet. Until you start doing your own research and you actually hear about females like bell hooks that are saying, we actually need men a part of the conversation if we want to change mm-hmm. the way we are living our lives. And we, and we both, male and female, or however you subscribe, we need to heal each other. Mm-hmm. And until we heal each other, then there is going to be this patriarchy that is neoliberal, like, you know what I mean? Um, sexist, oppressive, white, like you fill in the blank. And the, and that's the reality we're living in. Mm-hmm. So unless we're all willing to like do the work, heal ourselves. Meet each other in the middle. Yeah, yeah. you're right. And it was something that we always talk about in other podcasts in general is like, you know what? The ladies got to do, do their work in their realm. The guys got to do their work in their realm. And then the third realm, we all come in the middle as hell, wow as healthy, <laughs> as healthy, <laughs> conscious, loving yeah. individuals. You're just gonna, you're just gonna finish that. Yeah, that wow. <laughs> yeah. Save us. Yeah. I feel like even in, like speaking to that, something I've been exploring in this past year, especially is like, how do I identify as a female and how do I define uh, femininity? I, I couldn't tell you, I'm still, I'm still learning that. And I'm still also, unlearning, which I think is a huge thing. Um, these ideals I had in my head of what a quote unquote woman is. Um, so with that being said, I've found that a lot of males, and again, like this, this applies to anyone, like we're talking, not like gender wise, like we're just more kind of talking energy wise in a way as well. Um, I found a lot of the males in my life that have quite a lot of healthy conscious masculinity. They reflect a lot more back to me in regards to my own femininity, if that makes sense. Whereas when I'm in groups of women, I, maybe I don't see it as much, but then when I'm with a male, it's really helped me. And I've really been able to look at that mirror and do a lot of questioning and a lot of inner work. I mean, I'm still definitely working on it, but um, it's been a really positive thing for my journey, I think. Yeah, I love I love that you said that. And you're, you're directly speaking to uh, the polarity that uh, exists when you are engaging with with a with a with a male with with conscious masculine energy it's like we're at the end of the day you say this all the time that we're mirrors for each other mm-hmm. yeah. mirrors for each other and you feel the you feel the depth of that mirror a little bit more than you with a man than you would with a woman or with a group of women right it just it makes a lot of sense 100 percent. yeah amazing conversation right yeah we went zero to 100 real quick there i love it like 20 minutes in. <laughs> well, you know, you know, as you were, as you were uh, speaking to it, you know, one of the things that came in my mind was when, when a man, this is, I'm speaking actually specifically to like Justin Baldoni because mm. he's such a great advocate of uh, feminism, the movement, and also men's mental health in such like a, a balanced way. Mm. And when he, when he gets up there and speaks about uh, how he stands up for feminism, not only do I see a man, standing up for the females in his life, but he's also standing up for the feminine part in every man. 
Yes. If that makes sense. So when, when Justin gets up there and he says, yo, I'm a feminist, I don't just see him saying, yo, I'm all for women, not for men anymore. I see, yeah. I see him saying like, I'm, I'm for the feminine energy and the feminine collective in the world. So that includes women, that includes children, that includes our earth, and that includes the feminine that exists in every single man. So when we look at it like that, it's like, so what did you say the word earlier? Holistic. Right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's a mark of a true warrior, I think. It's like a heart warrior, you know? That's literally how I see that word holistically. Yes. Like the entire movement, the entire theory is in relationship to like the femininity within me. Right. Yes. And I think, no, I think my experience and what I've seen, what I've heard is like the patriarchy, the current state of affairs has been to cut out anything to do with the feminine for fear of that, you know, taking away from what it means to be a man. Right. And something that you brought up really well is like, was it um, John Wyland who said like, you know, you, you, you think about a man going to war, he had to close off his heart. He had yeah. to like, he, he, he had to maybe put that on the shelf so that he could go and kill, go and defend, you know? And there hasn't been enough of bringing back that loving heart component into the fray. Yeah. With that warrior sharpness with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's always about, that's the thing about, so we live on earth and earth is, you know, it does its work without, without anything controlling it. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a cycle of life. It's nature. Right. And that exists in all of us as well. And so we're always, we're always, whether we know it or not, or whether we're conscious of it or not, we're always trying to find some sort of balance. Right. I was at a, a indigenous spirituality event about three weeks ago. It was hosted by awesome nonprofit called the color factor. And they, they hired a speaker to come in and she was an elder of a native American tribe. It's a beautiful experience. And she was talking to all of us about, uh, about energy. And she said, she was talking about earth and our connection with it. And she said that the human species is the only species, uh, species on earth that is out of balance and harmony. Mm -hmm. Right. Because she's like, look at nature, you know, look at the seasons, you know, there's winter and then winter is finished and it always repeats itself. It's like, then there's spring and there's summer. So there's always a constant rebalancing and somewhere along the way, the uh, human beings, we kind of lost, we, we lost that a little bit. Mm. And I feel like doing the conscious work means to find our center again, however that looks for each individual. Mm. And so, you know, for men, it's like, reclaiming i think this is my opinion is like reclaiming feminine parts of ourselves uh that we've maybe have shut off uh because we we saw that as weak or reclaiming masculine parts parts of ourselves because we feel uh ashamed or scared to step into it because we're afraid to offend somebody because of maybe the feminist movement right um that was a powerful movement however i feel like it's it's put a lot of men in positions where they're afraid and they're, or they're not knowing how to show up without offending people. So there's always, they're always like tiptoeing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's like, how can we dance with those extremes? Mm -hmm. but I also, oh, sorry, Andy. No, I'm finished. <laughs> um, but I think at the same time, like to what you were saying is you guys do a really good job of rewriting the narrative on what masculinity is and what it means to be a conscious male. And, um, 
I think that's a really healthy thing because as through my conversation with you guys, I kept using the term toxic masculinity and you corrected me and you explained why toxic masculinity is so predominant in our culture now and why the why certain vocabulary is so important on certain things. Um, so even just rewriting the narrative of what a conscious male is and showing up as those males. Cause I can imagine it's difficult sometimes because you guys are in a sense going against the grain of what society is talking about, but hopefully, and I'm assuming you guys know this already because you keep doing the work and just who you guys are as people, but it's like, people see that, especially I'm talking from like a female perspective, but it's like, I see you males and you guys, like you guys stand out from the rest and you guys are like beacons of light for me. It's like, yes, like there are people out here doing the work. There are people out here that can help me that are conscious that are like, um, I view it as like a state of security or like balance. I don't know. I just find that with like the male energy, especially. And so um, I don't know where that was going to end, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll end on a yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that acknowledgement too. Mm-hmm. And like, we're, we're appreciative of, of curious, curious without even realizing it now. But yeah. Like for, for, for people like yourself who are so curious to reimagine narratives, mm. that's where it all begins. Mm-hmm. It's like, what have I always known? And I think you said it earlier so well. It's like, does it still serve me? Mm-hmm. Does it still serve me? Mm-hmm. Love that. So, like, what would you say being vulnerable is <laughs> is a narrative that maybe you thought previously, you know, and now you're reimagining or at least willing to? Ooh, that's like a big, a big question mm. because I feel like there's a lot in my life that I've been (laughs) reimagining lately. Uh, I think last time I talked to you guys, I was talking about how I feel like I'm just slowly opening the door on like going back to childhood and unlearning things from childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I moved through in like the past probably two to three years, I moved through a lot of relearning what I define as success and stepping outside of my bubble and how I choose to live my life and the journey I want to go down, um, kind of stepping back and unlearning what society was kind of forcing me into do, if that makes sense. But now I would say, I would say probably just like relationships, like what a healthy relationship looks like and what, Mm. yeah, I would say, I would say that that would be the, the, the predominant thing I can think of at the moment. I love this conversation. Ditto, ditto. And let's, let's marinate here. Let's let's, let's get into it a little bit. I'm scared. (laughs) 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 Whenever we feel that good fear, it's, I I always say, this is our edge. Mm. We just arrived at our edge. And on the other side of our edge is unknown territory is growth is a blank canvas, a blank canvas. Right. Yeah. So welcome to the edge. Yeah. So yeah, okay, okay, like re- reimagining what relationship looks like. Yeah. What's and we'll share too, obviously, this yeah. is dialogue. It's like what's something that we've all have had to unlearn about relationship? Are we talking about are we talking about like romantic relationship? Yeah, let's, or let's figure that out right now. Let's specifically I'm talking about romantic relationships. Perfect. Yes, let's, let's stay there. It. 
Boom. <laughs> Go. Yeah, so what comes up for you? This is good. This is good. This is good. That's a good noise. Um, <laughs> um, okay, I can go if you don't have one, Nick. Okay, go for it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, mine is really stepping back from when you grow up, your parents' relationship probably strongly influences you, whether it's um, there or not, whether they're together or not, that's going to affect you. So mine has been looking at my parents' relationship and seeing how certain things have manifested in my own personal relationship. And if that's something I want to continue with, or if that's something that I want to work through and possibly move to let go of. Mm, wow. Mm. I don't know if I'm talking too broadly, but, um, yeah, it's perfect. Perfect. Probably get deeper in it. yeah, I got mine. Yeah. Mine is also along my parents, which is, um, it's funny that you brought that up. And for me, I would say it was just, I love my parents and the dynamic that was, that they had, uh, for the longest time, I was always like, my excuse was always, I've never seen that. So I don't know how to like participate. So like the example I'll use is like, um, that L word wasn't thrown around a lot in our house, Mm. you know? And it wasn't that it wasn't shown or expressed. It just wasn't used a lot. So, so in my first two relationships, it took me forever to say that L word. However, did I show it? Did I express it? You know, and luck would have it that my love languages are acts of service and small gifts. It's not words of affirmation. And of course the universe wanted me to learn new, new tools. I attracted females and their love language was words of affirmation. And here's this guy not saying Mm. on a consistent basis, like, I love you. Like, I appreciate you. Like, I'm grateful for you. I'm like, you know what I mean? And so I really put a strain on my first relationship because it was like, how can you never say it? And I was like, well, I really, 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 really like you. I just don't know if I loved you. And of course, like what kind of gal wants to hear that, you know, over two, three year relationship. So (laughs) reimagining that, there you go. That's me being vulnerable. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) See you next time. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. How do you match that? (laughs) <laughs> so my my uh unlearning about relationship is uh the old story the old narrative was love is love is hard Ooh. yeah Ooh. love is hard and what ended up happening was that i would recreate that situation over and over and over again in relationships mm. to fulfill that story that's what happens right when yeah. we have a story that we're so attached to yeah. we would find any way to make that story valid that's how the ego works and where that come, came from was also from childhood, mm. from, from parents. It's like, you know, with my mom being a single mother, uh, my dad not being uh, here because he passed that, and my mom never remarrying. And she, was, she would have to like have like two, three jobs. And so the love, the affectionate love was hard to come by, mm. right? It's like, I had, we had to like, we had to work f- to get to that point where a loving relationship, not just like a provider and a child. Right. Mm. And so love was always hard. Mm. And the thing is, again, you take that into romance, right? You take that into romance and you always look for hard relationships, hard situations. And, and it doesn't have to be hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It takes work, which is different, which is different. I want to get into that. Then it, <laughs> we'll get, we'll get into it. Yeah. Well, 
I keep going, Andy. I want to. No, I want you to speak. I want you to speak. What's on? What's like on the tip of your tongue right now? It's so crazy. You say that because mine's actually the opposite. When I'm talking about unlearning childhood or these expectations that my parents put on me in regards to me looking for a partner or getting in relationships, is. And I also find this, this is another tangent, but social media is a, a huge contributor to this, is that everyone, relationships are perfect. If the relationship isn't 100% easy, you're 100% in love with the other person and like vibing all the time, then, oh, it's wrong, you know? And so there is hard conversations you need to have. There are moments that you have to work through together as a team. And there are going to be ups and downs, especially in a long-term relationship, whereas I've been unlearning that like, well, if it's meant to be, it should be perfect all the time. It should be easy breezy all the time. And you should just be in flow. And yes, you should be the majority of the time. They should be, I feel like, um, someone you enjoy hanging out with, someone you are genuinely friends with and have a friendship with, but the connection will obviously go deeper. But at the same time, there are going to be moments of difficulty. Whereas social media, for example, is always like, oh my gosh, I love my partner. Like um, if you watch videos, it's always, they're always in a perfect state. You never see them having conflict or even in um, movies, like the romanticism in movies is so messed up that like, it's not only from the feminism, like the feminist perspective is that like the woman's always like needing a man to complete her and the man's always chasing the female, but it just... I don't know. It's just been these really unhealthy narratives, I think, and unrealistic narratives that I've been questioning myself. So interesting that you, you and I uh, are on, on yeah. like other sides of it. Right. Yeah. And I really love what you said that it's like, it's moments of difficulty versus love equals hard. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like I love that, that reframe, there's going to be moments of difficulty, mm-hmm. which you know, conflict is a breeding ground. If, if navigated with love, truth, and positivity, a ground for deep intimacy, really. Right. It's not just the rainbows and butterflies and sunshine that make a relationship uh, and its foundation grounded. It's, it's all of it. Yeah. It's all of it. The, The light, the dark, the whatever. Right. But for me, it was like to just single down on one story about love kept my heart in a box. Mm. right helped kept my heart in a box it kept my heart from from not loving and showing up fully yeah so can I ask a question to that yes that like unconscious masculinity contributes to that and then your journey with yourself your identity and masculinity and feminism do you think that helped you to unlearn that as well it did because you know when I re reimagined uh masculinity for myself one of the things I had to reimagine was that, you know, as a man, it's like, I don't have to fix everything. Yeah. Right. It's like, as men, I can't speak for everybody, but I, I've worked with a lot of men and it's just, it's a very common trait. It's like fix, solve, analyze. Right. Yeah. And the thing about my narrative around like love equals hard was that I would always have to find tough things to fix. And then when I, when I addressed my new narrative around masculinity that I can show up fully, can show up loving without needing to fix anything without, because when you say, when we look at things that we need to fix, we assume immediately that it's broken. Right. And so for me, it's like, I started looking myself. It's like, I don't need fixing at all. I'm not broken. Right. Mm. I can fully show up the way I am with my experience, with my stories, with my narratives, 
And how do I want to move forward responsibly now? Uh, and so what came with that responsibility was to, was to look at the narratives and look at the stories. And you said this earlier, it's like to look at things and be like, does this still serve me? And so I had to begin to loosen my grip and it wasn't me just completely dropping that story because I don't think it happens like a light switch, right? It really is a process of slowly every week, every, every day, every week, every month, just like in, in each moment to just loosen the grip a little bit. That was a really great question though. Yeah, wow. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for asking. <laughs> it, it's important. It, yeah, I love that, that tie in with the masculinity, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll go on. Oh, sh- okay. So I'll, I'll just quickly, I wanted to ask you a question, like yeah. even with your romantic partnership, whether it's now or before it's like, and your stories around love being easy peasy, like how does the narrative around how men should show up in relationships? Did you have any stories about that, that you had to release? Ooh, ooh. That makes You're- sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might actually laugh at this. Not laugh. Um, no, I won't even say that. It's just, it's kind of me speaking out of both sides of my mouth when I say this. But after some actual exploring as to men showing emotion, it's something that we're having this conversation. I, I vouch for um, conscious masculinity and things like that. But sometimes, for example, one, one, like when you asked this question, this is what came to me straight away was if I had a partner expressing emotion, expressing maybe them struggling with um, their mental state or just going through a rough time, I initially would view them as weak. And I would just, wow. it took me a, a, a long time, a lot of unlearning, a lot of, um, thankfully I've had amazing men in my life that like have forgiven me, even though they didn't need to, but it's just, yeah, just, just not showing up for, for a partner when, when they needed me, I found, because I was like, well, they're a man, they should be able to deal with this. Um, but now, like, reflecting back, I'm like, man, I dropped the ball. So, Emma, I want to commend you for two things. One, for owning that and communicating, because that's huge. Mm-hmm. And two, for the wherewithal. And I don't know if it's Bell Hooks or, or, or another feminist writer. And what she was saying was that, women sometimes can be worse than men in perpetuating the stereotypical, uh, what is it, mindset and attitude that men should be. So sometimes there'll be women that are like, yo, stop crying. Why are you crying? I don't want to see that. And then you turn around and you want a guy to be sensitive? Yeah. Or you want a guy to be open? It's like, that, that makes no sense. How come you don't provide? You don't pay bills? I don't know what, fill in the blank. And yet this man is doing the best that he can. It's like, ladies, like in those moments, you need to be willing to like drop in and see like, what is this man doing versus like, what is he not doing? Mm -hmm. Right. And then how much of that is programmed narrative? How much of that is, you know, and nothing against Disney, but how much of it is Disney that he needs to be this dashing, good looking, rugged guy, Mm -hmm. come on a horse, sweep you off your feet. And we sail away into the sunset and end the discussion. And the, and guess what? The ironic thing is, and, and, and maybe it's Disney's fault. Maybe it isn't. But Disney is showing you what? 5% of that relationship. They're not showing you when, you know what I mean? When Cinderella and the Prince Charming get home. <laughs> yeah. The door's closed. Yeah, right? Like, they're not showing yeah. you the other side. Yeah. Right? And so, again, like, just you being 
conscious enough and then being able to go back and like take ownership and apologize is huge. And so for anyone listening, ladies or even guys, just, just have compassion within, in your relationships. That's the thing. Like the biggest thing for me th- th- that I'm learning when it comes to relationship is like, like we are all kids navigating this thing. Mm. We are all kids, you know, and we need to in every situation, not just sometimes in every situation. And like, literally, I'm not even trying to like <laughs> use this too much, but like, you need to like be willing to be curious and come from the other person's perspective because you don't know what they went through as a child that is making them react or respond the way that they are. Million percent. And that's hard, isn't it? It's so hard in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be, um, you have to be curious. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. You guys really, when I had that conversation with you guys the first time, that was something that I really took away from it. Is I think it was new. Either one of I'm sorry, either of you said it, I think both of you still say it, is leading with curiosity and leading with vulnerability. And I was just like, that is so interesting because now when things come up, I have that saying in my head and I'm like, some things will come up and I'll like cause judgment on myself or like something will trigger something within me. Like maybe, for example, like just lower frequency emotions, jealousy, for example, or something. And I'm just curious. I'm like, why do I feel jealousy? Mm. Where is it coming from? Right. Yes. But one other thing, sorry, I'm kind of all over the place at the moment. I do just want to say one other thing to what we were talking about prior about my example of a partner expressing to me some emotions they were going through. Something too that I didn't realize was how much courage that would have taken, not only as an individual, but also as like a male, because as we talk about, because of society, like that's not something you would talk about normally, like males, it's a bit more difficult I could imagine. Um, and so, yeah, just that in itself, I, I, I was going to continue with that. Sorry. Right. This is good. This is good. And you know, like <laughs> to go off what you're saying, yeah. there, there was, and I, again, I don't know, like you're taking so much input. I don't know where it's coming from. It's not me though. However, this this communicator, male or female, was saying like, ladies, you guys have so much power because when a guy is opening up and being vulnerable and transparent and raw in that minute, in that second, you have the capacity to tell him indirectly or directly like, hey, keep opening your heart, mm. keep communicating, keep being open. And if in that moment you, for whatever reason, brush it off, you're like, uh, again, or why are you telling me this or man up? Like that is the, th- you're indirectly telling that man, okay, I can't be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I can't be vulnerable one with my guys because of conditioning mm-hmm. and I can't be vulnerable around you. So therefore I close up mm-hmm. and then we wonder why guys aren't willing to talk about how they feel yeah. or what they're thinking or what they're feeling because they have no safe space to communicate it. I was just going to say it boils down to safety. Yeah. Right. It's like, that's, that's the filter. It's like, yeah. you know, I can't be vulnerable because now I don't feel safe to, I don't feel safe to. Right. Yeah. And then my masculinity gets questioned, man up the worst things you can ever say to a man at any stage of the development, man up. Well, it's yeah. so interesting. It's so interesting is when we deny a, a man's uh, opportunity to be vulnerable is we're actually denying his feminine. Yeah, denying his feminine. Yeah. So he, whether he knows it or not, he's trying to express and embody his feminine energy. Yeah. And all of, all of a sudden, it's like no, right? And then yeah. what ends up happening is like it's like a suppression of it. He shoves it down. 
he shoves it in. Yeah. And then it shows up as toxic behavior. Yeah. And then all of a sudden now that toxic behavior is now attached to his masculinity because we can't look past the gender, uh, the gender being attached to the word. See what I mean? So it's like, it's so interesting. It's because it starts when a man's feminine energy is rejected and it starts when he was young. Yep. Yeah. When he was a kid. Hook says like the only acceptable emotion for a male is like she's, she's using an example of like him in like this teenage years. The only acceptable emotion for him to express is anger. So then he's only gonna express anger or maybe some emotions, maybe anxiety or maybe some sadness is going to be manifested in anger because that's the only way he can express it. You know, yeah. if we don't allow him to express other things. Mm hmm. And what's mind blowing within that is if you're not conscious and you witness that anger and you're not able to be curious, then you just take it as toxic masculinity, toxic yes. behavior. However, if you actually get curious with that anger and in that moment you're able, you just saw Leo, hey, he, he, he knows you, he wants to make it an appearance. Um, yeah, like in that moment, if, 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 someone is, if someone is expressing anger, and you're actually curious and you're conscious and whole, you actually just meet them with curiosity. And underneath that layer, you actually find out that it's actually love. Mm -hmm. And they're actually just, they don't know how to communicate it mm -hmm. in, a, in a healthy, constructive way, but they're fighting for something that they believe in, which is love. Mm -hmm. It's just being masked through anger because that's the only thing that they know that will get them attention, that will get them seen or heard or validated. It's ironic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And Leo, what do you have to say? <laughs> <laughs> Runs out of the shot. I think Leo has made an appearance in a couple of our podcasts. Mm -hmm. Just in the background as noise or today as a video. Yeah. Okay, so we're, we're coming close to an end. Okay. And, you know, a question that I like to ask, if I can remember to ask it, is... What else do you feel like you need just coming out of this topic and what we've talked about today is like, what else do you feel like you need to share and get out there in the world uh, through your voice and through your beliefs that you, that'll make you feel like you're complete with the conversation today. Hmm. And it doesn't have to be grandiose, right? It can hmm. just be something. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. This is what came to mind. Um, yeah, it just kind of comes off of what we were just talking about. When I'm going to use this as an example, and hopefully you can see the bigger picture that I'm, I'm speaking in it. When I'm going to go back to the example we keep talking about, sorry, we're flogging some topics, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, when a male is expressing to me their emotion and they're connecting within their feminine, I feel as though in a partnership as in a heterosexual male, female relationship, if I am not allowing them to show up in their feminine, I'm also going to deny myself that in the future because I think it's a partnership and it's 50, 50, even though it's a male and a female relationship, I should, they, we should each be able to express those energies equally. And so I I'm definitely in my feminine in a lot. I'm very, um, I wouldn't say connected with my emotions, but I share my emotions a lot, um, something I'm working on. And so by me constantly doing that with my partner, for example, it's not fair to them when they express it. Um, and I suppress that, if that made sense. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
So um, just kind of like view it as, as a 50, 50. And just cause I'm a female doesn't mean anything. It's like, we each have equal right to express both sides of our energy um, in unity, I guess. Yeah. That go ahead. You're going to say something. Emma, that, that's, that's absolutely spot on. And, and I, again, I'm going to commend you because you having the wisdom for that is huge because whether or not, again, you're aware of it or not, your souls are. And when a man is expressing his femininity to you, that gives you then an opportunity to guess what? Be in your masculine and be, and be what? Calm, collected, grounded, right? Mm -hmm. And so once again, it doesn't, and listen to my heart when I say this listeners, it doesn't matter what the avatar is. So whether, so, so, so whether you choose to subscribe as male, female, whatever you choose, and in the day it's energy. And in that moment, you get to exercise the polarity. Mm-hmm. So if it is a guy, you know what I mean? And his, yeah. and, his, and his gal or his other partner, which happens to be a guy, is being vulnerable and sharing, guess what? You now have an opportunity to be grounded, to be whole, you know what I mean? And then when they're done, guess what? the polarity will switch. And now you get to be in your feminine and communicate and express how you're feeling. And all it is, is a dance. It's harmony. It's mm-hmm. music. It ebbs and flows. It doesn't need to be this rigid thing all the time. So kudos to you. That's what, I, that, that's what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> I love it. I'm still working on it. I'm, I, I'm speaking from a place of still in it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I get to zoom out the bigger picture thing you're talking about too. And it reminds me of a very simple saying. It's like what we judge in someone else, we judge in ourselves, exactly. right? So, so it's the same application. It's like what we suppress in somebody else. The question then is like, oh, like what am I, what part of my, my emotions am I suppressing and not allowing myself to really fully step into because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm allowing that for another person, right? So, and I think that self-inquiry, that curiosity is, is, is where the growth really begins. And it creates such a beautiful garden uh-huh. for a relationship to flourish uh, between two people and mm-hmm. love the polarity stuff, man. Like yeah. that's key. It's like, and it's like the conscious version of the masculine and the conscious version of the, the feminine. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was all Emma. She started it. You started it. <laughs> you started it. <laughs> no, you started it. Yeah. She started it. Yeah. It was a group effort. It yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, anything else for you that you want to share? I feel pretty complete myself. So I just want to say, you know, it's just cool for you to, to be willing to be on the other end for now the master to be, you know, the apprentice. Cause I mean, equally you could have been like, you, you know what? Like I'm good or, or I'm busy or something else came up for this podcast, for this podcast. Uh, you know what I mean? And so I just, oh my no, but, 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 but just in general though, could, right? Because for a lot of people, sometimes, you know, for their leadership, sometimes it can be very like, this is where I'm at. And uh, you know what I mean? And so now for us to hold a mirror to you and ask you the tough vulnerable questions, it, it just highlights how much leadership you have and how much you're willing to be on the other side of the table, right? So I'm just tipping my hat off to you, girl, because, because the, that's, that's being vulnerable and that takes leadership, mm-hmm. right? What I, what I see too is like, you know, Emma isn't going about her podcast with ego yeah. in the driver's seat. 100%. It's not about the title of I'm a podcast host. No, like you're totally jumping on the other end and receiving 
challenge and questions and, and dialogue and you're being a student always. And I think it's, it's awesome. It's admirable for the curious one. We just want to give you, we want to give you a compliment. <laughs> I want to like journal about this later. <laughs> you can cry about it. <laughs> right? Um, right? Thank you. Because that's, that, but that's kind of the, the basis of my podcast is that like, I, I'm not anyone. Like I'm not someone interesting. I don't have a crazy story to tell. I'm still young. I'm still figuring myself out, but I want to hold space for people that I admire and that I respect and I learn from and grow from. And I also want to ask the questions that like everyone has, but I think sometimes we're too afraid to ask because they're just quote unquote dumb questions maybe because I'm just a, a regular person. Right. Um, so thank you guys. I really appreciate it. This has been a great experience for me because I learn more on not only how to be a host, a better host of my podcast, um, but also like this scares the living daylights out of me. And so I'm going to explore why that does. And I think I can hide behind being a host of a podcast and put it on the other person rather than you asking me questions. And now I have to be vulnerable and I have to talk about myself, exploring why that makes me feel <clears throat> sorry why that makes me feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. i feel like i've today walked away with a new kind of like a new definition of the title of your podcast mm -hmm. for me yeah. and that you're not the curious one it's actually the people who are curious about learning from you like they're yeah. the curious ones mm. yeah everyone that listens to it i, I hope they're curious yeah <laughs> so so uh, just quickly, how can people connect you with you? How can people find you? Mm -hmm. um, so the Curious One podcast is available on most podcasting platforms. If there is one and you can't find me on there, then send me a message because um, otherwise the other platform that I use is Instagram. So you can find me at the Curious One podcast. My logo is, it looks kind of like a sun with a sky in the background. Awesome. Yeah. That's it for us. Thank you, madam. <laughs> Thank you, guys. It was an honor to have this conversation with you guys. Thank you. Hopefully, we can have you again on soon or vice versa. Yes. Thanks for making time to listen to the King of Hearts podcast. We hope you found something meaningful and impactful in today's dialogue. This conversation with us ends here. However, the conversation with you and your community also starts here. Follow us on Instagram at thekingsof.hearts for everything King of Hearts. And our website is www.kingshearts.com. Until we meet again, be well.